Rippy Writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What's up? Before we get to Mailbag Friday, we got LB's Greg in the cockpit today. Went over a lot of different questions. Uh, pretty lighthearted podcast, I would say, today. Weldon and I will be back at it on Sunday, as I mentioned at the end of the show. Hitting some football stuff hard as we dive straight into game week next week. But uh, making up for two Mailbag Fridays, the uh, two combined, because we didn't end up having a Mailbag Friday show last week. So uh, Greg in the cockpit today, a lot of variety of different topics. Not overly sports heavy but uh hopefully you'll find it interesting i had some fun with it before we get to that though i want to remind you the podcast brought to you by skybox sports picks who is skybox sports Picks? well glad you asked they're the world's best gambling handicapping website the inventors of the skybox matrix interval and advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel skybox to the top of the industry check these guys out headed into football season if you sign up for their ncaa package right now you're going to get all the futures package freeze 20 percent off using the promo code rippy 30 percent off a nascar package right now using the promo code nascar they're giving away free articles it's pretty simple you don't want to be paying the man every week get that text when you got the scary sunday night monday morning you want the man paying you and skybox is going to do that for you more consistently than anyone else in the industry so as we ramp up towards football season week zero this weekend go give these guys a try buy daily pass if you want to that's eight bucks with the promo code rippy try them for a week uh, i'd recommend doing a season long all sports package but they're gonna have something to fit your price range whether it's a month long week long test it out whatever you want to do check them out skyboxsportspicks.com and the podcast also brought to you by lb's university avenue across from kroger greg needs no introduction but just to remind rippy right subscribers get uh, 16 ounce prime strip for 15 bucks and a five dollar pack of sausage right now just for going to rippyrights.substack.com typing in your email get an email a newsletter three day three to five days a week from yours truly and discounted meats so i'll let you decide which one's better without further ado let's mail back friday this thing here's greg what's up happy friday i am brian scott rippy thanks for tuning in for to another edition of the rippy rights podcast on the other end of the line is Greg the Meat Sharp Jones. It is Mailbag Friday. The People's Holiday is back upon us after a uh, a brief hiatus last week that was certainly uh, on me. Uh, Greg, I had a uh, happy hour thing for a coworker who was like getting a promotion and moving upstairs, like another department. And uh, I would say the happy hour quickly devolved into a bit of a uh, happy rager. And so uh, there was no Mailbag Friday last week. I was supposed to record that night or early that morning, and I, I don't think people would have want to heard me on either one. But, you know, what can you do? Hand up. That one's on me. What's up, man? Oh, nothing much. Just, uh, you know, football season is upon us, and uh, we're ready to go, man. It's always a, a good time of the year. Yeah, it really is. I haven't gotten used to this whole week zero thing yet from a viewing perspective. Like, I'm uh, – I, I'm, I guess I'm happy that are, there are football games on this weekend. I know none of them are particularly good, but I think if last year taught us anything, it's to never complain about live football, which I'm not doing at all. I guess what I'm getting at is like, I just like still in my brain, I get like football season starts next week. I don't, I can't really explain that. Like I, I, I understand that there's games on this week, but I have not had the sense of like viewership excitement for Nebraska, Illinois, and Hawaii, UCLA. And I, maybe it has something to do with the teams, but I don't know. It just feels a week early. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we have the all-SEC schedule last year, I mean, it's just, uh, it just comes to the point to where, you know, the SEC is the only thing that matters. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm happy it's there. Like, I'm going to watch, particularly, like, I, I got some moving stuff to do this weekend. I'm moving apartments. But, like, I, I'm going to watch. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's like, football season always sneaks up on me on it like enough and like them having it a week earlier now has just really snuck up on me so i don't know if i'll fully get into like football mode until mid next week as we start doing some uh really some like season it's like game week content on the podcast that's really kind of when things turn and you get fully into football mode but uh anyway before we get into dive into these people's questions because we have two weeks of questions to get to so a heavy workload for the team today i i 100 caused that but uh what's uh what's happening at the store What's prepping for football season like? Are you guys I – mean, this is a dumb question, but, like, how much busier are you guys during football season? Because I know the grilling situation is kind of funny in the Grove. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, whenever Ox you know, Oxford comes into the football season, you know, uh, we're actually double the busyness uh, of, of the store. Um, Thursdays and Fridays are, you know, pretty big days. Saturday, it just depends on whenever the game's on. So if the game is a morning game, we usually just close the store, kind of like a little Friday night lights, you know, gig. So 
whenever the game is closed, I mean, whenever the game is in the morning, we close and then we open up at say like two or three o'clock. If the game is at two or three o'clock, you know, we open for a little bit in the morning. It's just hard to be closed because, you know, there's some people that want to get some late night snacks, you know, for the grill or uh, take to the Grove or whatever, whatnot. But yeah, we've been pretty busy. Uh, it's just uh, good that the students are back and, uh, you know, back in the swing of things. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine driving throughout it. One of the things I miss, many things I miss about living in Oxford. I even miss like the shitty parts where when the students come back, driving becomes an absolute madhouse. But it's like it's at the same time, you're like mad because, you know, some kid in some jacked up truck with a pike sticker probably sideswiped, like nearly sideswiped you on uh, on Jackson Avenue. But at the same time, that's like a sign that things are back in full swing and like we're about to have a hell of a fall, if that makes any sense at all. Oh, yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, you know, I try to stay clear of that Jackson Avenue just because, you know, it's a madhouse. But uh, whenever customers come in, I always ask, you know, how's the traffic out there? And they're like, oh, you know, it's pretty busy. And then, of course, you know, the traffic's up. And then, of course, uh, there's a lot of extra people at the bar. So you have to wait an extra 10 to 15 minutes to get a drink at the bar. So that's another downfall. But other than that, you know, it's uh, it's good that the students are back. And just that means... Uh, it's that time of the year, and football's uh, football's upon us. Yeah, not to go overly granola on it, but like Oxford, like the town has like several different like vibes. I would say, like you know, summer's really fun in Oxford, particularly if you're a student because it's laid back. There's not a whole lot of people around. Take whatever classes you got, maybe work like a part time job, go to the pool, play some golf. But then when it makes that switch to everyone back in town, you got three, four dudes in the back of a truck, just very unsafely and uh. Uh, very unsafely and unsoundly carrying some sort of mattress or a chest of drawers, just praying to God it doesn't fall off and take them with them. Like that's uh, that's when you know it's getting back crowded again in Oxford and football season is on the way. Let's uh, let's just dive straight into these questions. I, I actually had one more thought. I So I mentioned like I can't get into football season mode. I'm actually freelancing a high school game for the Dallas Morning News tonight. It was my first assignment of the year, week one of Texas high school football so I guess if that can't get me in the mood for football season, I don't know what can. So uh, talk to me at like 730 tonight. I'll probably be in full football mode. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, uh, what better way to start your season off is uh, with some uh, high school Texas football, you know. Uh, I just got done finishing Friday Night Lights, and uh, uh, I always wonder where Coach Taylor went after the, uh, after the last episode. It's crazy, man. So I got that. Last year was my first year doing it, and I didn't get the – best games like because obviously I'm a first year freelancer and Dallas Morning News is a it's still you know the mid-sized newspaper in this country has really gone by the wayside I mean just look at the Clarion Ledger and the staffing it has to cover a city and a state of over a million people city a couple hundred thousand people but like the larger size newspapers still have a lot of uh, firepower and not what they once had but in terms of like manpower to cover stuff they're still pretty big so I would get just like Averageish games kind of in my area work in Irving lived in Arlington fixing to move into the city, but like around where I lived, but it's still crazy. These random high schools that of course I'd never heard of to living here. Like when you go watch a college game and it says the kids from the DFW area, and then you look up where he went to high school and it's like, Oh, I covered that team. Like they weren't even good. And this kid was some all state kid. Like I, I think there's a, there was some sort of starting quarterback like on three different Sunbelt schools last year. And like two, I want to say two big 12 schools that like were that went to high schools that I covered last year in terms of games. And like, neither of the teams were good and they hadn't been in a long time. It's crazy. The amount of athletes this state has. Yeah. I can only imagine, you know, it's uh, one of those, uh, there's two guys on the team that are going D one and everybody else is, uh, is just picking up the pieces. Uh, so yeah, I, I can only imagine how deep the talent is in, uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth, te- uh, Texas area for sure. That in the facilities, I sat in the secondary press box at Colleyville Heritage Stadium last year, and that press box was indoors with a kitchen. There's like cushy chair back seats and all kinds of TV screens. It was objectively like no hands down nicer than Auburn's old press box. It's nicer than Mississippi State's. It's nicer than Arkansas's, and it's nicer than Vanderbilt's press box. Those are SEC schools with you know nine figure budgets or eight figure budgets and. Uh, they're definitely nine figures and these high schools just have ridiculous facilities. That's another job job around. But anyway, enough of the uh, high school football corner. Let's get right into these. Here we go. What's a good one to start. Borky got this off to a raging start. We'll just go here. Are these nuts jokes 
and the like still funny? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, when that was kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, we just laughed about it. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, you just gotta, you gotta use it at the right time. You know, I just think that's, uh, that's the, the main key for the, the D's nuts jokes. I think you just gotta use it at the right time. Someone, someone is driving down the road this morning and sitting there going, I cannot believe I turned on these two assholes if this is the first question we have. Uh, but bear with us. It'll get better, we hope. Uh, I, so I never I, – I responded to Borky on Twitter just because I was cracking up reading it yesterday. Uh, sitting at my house. <laughs> I said I never found these to be overly humorous, but I am also no czar on comedy, so sure they can be. Mailbag off to a ferocious start. I, uh, I'm a fan of the 69 jokes. That's, uh, that's one that'll never get old to me. Uh, that probably says more about me than anything else. And uh, the, that's what the, she said. So I work with the group, my marketing team, basically everyone that I work with, like all, I guess, six, seven of us are like big into the office. Like have all, I say big into it, have seen it multiple times and like quote it, which is kind of a fun aspect of working. Did the office invent that's what she said jokes? Is that a dumb question? Do you have any idea? I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I would think that, you know, that uh, that's why they're so popular and that's why everybody watches them. I, I've, I've only watched a couple episodes of Office because I can't, you know, my business can't relate to the office. You know, really, we're just a bunch of guys, you know, cutting up meat and everything like that. We're not sitting in our little, you know, portals and um, cracking jokes at everybody's. But uh, no, I, uh, I would have to say uh, that, that that's probably true. I would have to agree with you on that. Yeah, I know we have some uh, some sitcom savants out there. I saw Neil got a mailbag question about it earlier in the week. So uh, if you can confirm that they invented it, that really just uh, further proves that that's the greatest show of all time. If you invented, because I remember saying that in like middle school, and I hadn't seen The Office. Like I had no idea where that came from. That's uh, that's wild. So. Sure, they can be funny. I don't know. I'm no yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we uh we named a horse uh, Voodoo Mama Juju, and I had no clue what Voodoo Mama Juju was. And they were like, "Oh, you don't watch The Office?" And I'm like, "Uh, I must have missed that episode." So I had to end up watching that episode of the Voodoo Mama Juju, uh, whatever that was all about. Well, that's another thing you could. I mean, I'm, I have it like The Office for me. I bought Peacock. Uh, for I don't even remember what I bought Peacock for. I think it was honestly just because like they had all of the seasons of The Office and there was something else I wanted to watch at that particular time. But like I've, I just have a, like The Office on as like background music when I'm like doing stuff around the house now or background noise because you can watch there's so many episodes you can watch it three or four times and not like you pick up on everything probably after two times but like you just don't remember everything like it's hard to get old because there's so many episodes but to your point about like missing that episode there's stuff you don't catch the first time through and there's even like small things you don't catch the second time through it's a it's a timeless timeless classic let's that's see that's why you got that's why you got to watch it two times it, exactly i uh, let's see oh here's a good one this is more up your alley we got a couple of grilling questions in a row coming down the pipe so here we go for both Greg Jones and myself, your new girlfriend's father is in town and you got to cook a meal that makes a great first impression. What are you cooking? And don't say steak because y'all went to a steak place the night before. So I'm guessing this man's in the hypothetical saying that he went to a steak place the night before. So you steak is out of the question. Uh, what, what would you make to make a, gr make a great first impression? Well, I mean, it just depends on, uh, you know, the situation with the girlfriend. I mean, is this a girl that you uh, met first week at, at, in Oxford on a, on a, uh, at a frat party? And, uh, or is this a girl that you really want to be serious with and you want to get married with? What I would do is, you know, obviously, uh, Rippy, you're probably going to be a, a better answer because you actually have a girlfriend that likes you. And uh, with that being said. Depends on the day, you know, but yeah. I, <laughs> with that being said you know i what i would do is i would see how cool the dad is and just see uh hey you want to go you know to the library and hit up some happy hour for a little bit and then uh you know maybe uh go some, to some gen after that's just me i'm kind of a library and uh pre-game it and then meet the girls at gen you know so um i would think the uh, library and gen would be my combo for for so if he's but so let's say let's say eating out is out of the question. What what are you pulling out of the LB's arsenal here? What do you like if you I, had to make? I, I would actually uh, take advantage of those uh, that fresh fish that we get on Thursday. Um, get some grouper or get some snapper 
um, get some scallops or some shrimp and maybe have like a kind of a seafood spread, maybe some duck poppers. Um, so, but yeah, if you're pulling anything from LBs that isn't steak, uh, that stuffed pork chops a really good option. Or if you're good at, uh, you know, smoking meats, uh, I would probably do like a Boston butt and maybe do some like barbecue nachos, maybe a pulled pork sandwich, but there's a lot of options that aren't steak at LBs for sure, but I would probably do some fresh fish or, and then of course you find out that they're allergic to seafood. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, uh, you have to play it by ear, but, uh, that stuffed pork chop is really awesome. But, uh, but yeah, I would probably do either seafood or, or pork or maybe a Boston, butt. I'd probably go that route. I liked your advice of just trying to get a feel for the guy. Cause, uh, so my, my advice, here's a great one. Uh, I would, I would go into LBs and get one of the uh, many just array of selection of sausages and then uh, make the sausage however you want to and then just put it on the plate and keep asking your girlfriend how good the sausage is. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a good option. Have a good sausage party. Uh, and then stare at the dad to assert dominance. I'm going to get in trouble for that. I probably shouldn't have said that. You mentioned my girlfriend liking me. If that gets back to her, I'm probably going to get an ass chewing. But uh, no, that's not my real advice. I'd probably... <laughs> I mean, you know, the library is really loosens everybody up, you know, just uh, you have a good time there. Uh, There's plenty of people hanging out, you know, that way, uh, if it goes well, you know, when he comes back, he's like, hey, man, you want to go to the library for a little bit, you know, so kind of kind of gets you in, uh, gets you in the good, um, good state of mind whenever you come into Oxford. Yeah, or you could just be like me where I just wave the white flag and that I don't cook, but not everyone has a uh, a Greg Jones friend in their back pocket who can just stuff me with the small cooler full of meat and just send to uh, my girlfriend's dad who just absolutely loved that guy's big into the sous vide. Uh, but not everyone has that in their back pocket. <laughs> so. Well, as they, they should probably, you know. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm probably getting friend requests as we speak. That's true. Everyone needs a butcher in their life. So uh, I'd go with the seafood. Do not take the uh, sausage route to try to start dominance. That was a bad idea on my part. Hey, if you figure out that dad's not cool and you don't like her that much, though, that might be a way to get you through a terrible evening is just to be just to turn it into a, uh, a bit of a satire and see how long it takes for both of them to snap. So uh, good luck, man. Let's see. Another grilling question. Does Greg fall into the spray slash wipe down your grill grates with oil method or burn, then scrape off the excess, the rest is seasoning camp. So I guess he's asking what method you like to use to clean your grill. Is that pretty much what I'm getting at? Yeah, no, I, I like the, the get the flame as hard, hot as possible and uh, don't do any sort of scraping or anything like that. So I just like to, uh, I like, I, I like to get the hot and uh, do a little clean and then throw the meat on there. Uh, I just... You know, I'm not kind of, I don't kind of like, whenever you, um, whenever you, you know, scrape and do all that sort of thing off, you're taking off the seasonings of the other stuff that you've taken. But, you know, another thing that you have to uh, be worried about if, say, you cooked uh, fish or something on the grill and somebody has a seafood allergy, you know, you need to make sure the grill's really clean before you, you know, serve them something. So that's the only thing you got to watch out for on that. So is that like a, so you mentioned if you do it the, the other way, if someone has an allergy, you can still catch it. Whereas if you do the, the burn it, they can't. So scraping is a less effective method to actually get it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, scraping is just the basic, uh, basic uh, to keep, you know, to keep those seasonings that you've done on there. I mean, you know, not, not, not everybody has a seafood allergy and a lot of people don't cook seafood on the grill, but whenever you do cook seafood on the grill, I like to put, um, the seafood on a piece of tinfoil that way your grill's not exposed to any seafood or anything like that there you have it i don't have a whole lot to add to that one and that's probably why he asked you and not me so that's (laughs) not his first radio listening to this show yeah like i'm some like i'm bobby flay you know like i know everything when it comes to grilling dude did we turn the every time you hop on the mailbag friday it turns into a grill corner which is obviously what it's intended for but that's uh that's no accident let's see here we go. We'll keep going, keep going. Oh, if you mow your yard and you don't admire it after, did you really mow? So I haven't lived in a place with a yard since senior year of college, but 
at that point, it's the classic like college landlord situation where the landlord sends someone over probably because they don't trust us idiots to properly mow the yard. More, it's it's less of a luxury and more of the landlord being like, I don't want these dudes touching any sort of power tools while they're on the, my property. Um, so sure, I, I think I. I can relate to mowing the yard. I mowed a grass or two as a kid. I was not old enough to go and grab a cold one afterward and uh, in, admire my work, but I imagine that's a pretty solid feeling. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I would think of a, 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 a sense of accomplishment whenever you do such a task. And, uh, you know, you sit there on your lawn chair and you drink your beer and you're like, golly, I did a, did a really good man thing today and I cut my yard. Yeah, I imagine it's like hot outside, like particularly obviously right now, it's certainly hot outside. Like, and for depending on how big your yard is, I know there's some technique involved in kind of getting it. You know, there, it, there's a way to cut a yard and it, it's technically cut, but it doesn't look good. But, you know, you get a good, you get a solid job in, work up a solid sweat. You know, maybe, maybe you're one of those lucky enough to still be yoked and you don't have to wear a shirt. Shirt is not required in the lawn cutting process and you could just put off a gun show for the neighborhood. Hell yeah, sit down and have a beer and just admire it. Yeah, or or liquor drink too. That is true. Nah, so would you have to? So what is that like? What is it? So I had a friend's dad who used to cut the yard back in the day, and the dude would just ice up a nuke-sized cup of vodka and just go to town on this like one of those sitting mowers where he didn't have to have to actually mow it. But uh, what's what's the liquor to to cool you down on like a hot summer day? Because like the, there's no yeah. way like a splash of brown whiskey. Uh, just bacon in the sun can be that good. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I would have to go go with that vodka and that lemonade would be always a really good one. Uh, you can't go wrong with that because uh, it's so refreshing. But uh, I, I like a little uh, vodka lemonade with a splash of cranberry or, you know, but maybe a, uh, a uh, skinny girl margarita, you know, because sometimes the margaritas are a little too sweet and uh, do some uh, – tonic and soda and a little sweet and sour so um i don't know i would think uh you know big old vodka and lemonade would be a good would be a good one to sit there and enjoy it let's see keeping it moving here either of you play fantasy football if so give me some hot takes for drafting i do play fantasy football uh do you i imagine you do yeah, I do, uh, we had the uh, – I'm in the uh, ribcage league, and uh, we're going on, shoot, probably like uh, – oh, I've been in the league for probably six – five years, and the league's been going on for about 15. So, uh, we actually went to the library last Sunday. Well, I played golf and got there for the last four rounds, and I um, had had a guru draft for me. So, uh, that's, that's where I stand on uh, – on fantasy draft, uh, I actually wait a minute. A Hold on, you called in a hired gun to draft for him. What a wild dude! So you were just like, "Look, this guy's down to business. Here's this fee. Go win me a title." Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I mean, after looking at the the team, I, I mean, I think it's decent. I just uh, I, I had an opportunity to go play at Tupelo Country Club, and uh, you know, you just can't turn up turn down opportunities to go play golf, and uh, didn't want to hold up the draft, so. Uh, you know, yeah, I hired a gun, and uh, you know the gun. The gun shot some bullets for me. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I got Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Devontae Adams, little Cooper Cup action. Uh, my sleeper has got to be Zach Moss. I kind of, a, I'm kind of, a, I kind of like the little scat back. Um, but yeah, well, you know, yeah, I, I hired a gun to uh, to hopefully win fantasy football this year for me. Is that accepted within the league? Like, is this a strategy that's been deployed before? Or just like, if you cross the yeah, field it, it's and you win it, is yeah. there people are going to be like, the hell with this guy? He just, he, he, he outsourced it. No, I mean, uh, uh, everybody knew the guy that was drafting for me. And we actually had two other um, teams that um, couldn't get there. So they had somebody draft, draft for them. So uh, it's a very uh, laid back casual league for sure. I mean, there's a $200 entry fee, but I mean, you know, that's not real laid back. But, but with that being said, I just, uh, you know, um, you know, play golf or do the fantasy draft. So I chose to play golf and then turned around and played, uh, drafted my last four rounds, which I got a good kicker and I got a good defense. Yeah, $200 entry fee. Uh, to, to quote the great Kevin Kisner, that, uh, that ain't no hobby. I would be all up in that every week trying to. Try to yeah. replay the 200 and then some. Yeah, I, I'm in two. I, my 
I have my high school, like high school friends league that we've probably had for a little over a decade now. And then uh, uh, one with some, a group of college friends. The high school one is actually this Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of. <laughs> I mean, we we started off the pod with these nuts jokes, so I'm not I'm not critiquing the content here. But I've always wondered just how like fantasy football plays on a podcast. Like Matthew Barry and all them do the like. Obviously, he's he's made a hell of a career out of being kind of the fantasy star. But I just wonder like what the appetite is for like fantasy advice. Um, so I, and of course, yeah, I would I, think I, maybe I would think maybe something like. Do I go like running back heavy first or do I get a quarterback first? Or I think, I mean, maybe, I mean, that's the only kind of advice maybe I could probably give, you know, or wanting to, to have as far as early round, you know, drafts. Yeah. I, so I, I have to, I would just give, I'll start naming a couple, uh, a couple guys I would be high on. If you're looking for like a later quarterback with some value, I am actually all in on the saints and Jameis. I think they're going to be good. Everyone loves to make the Jameis jokes. I was fully on the 2019 Jameis red zone bandwagon. I was hoping he'd get to the 30-30, and damn it, he did not disappoint. His 30th interception of the 2019 season came to end the year in overtime, a walk-off pick six pick six to join the 30-30 club. But uh, he can see now, which seems wildly important to play the quarterback <laughs> position. Apparently he got LASIK surgery. Uh, I, I, in all seriousness, I do think he will do a hell of a lot better in Sean Payton's system. I think he has more weapons around him, although he had a pretty good setup in Tampa Bay. But I, I don't think he will be allowed to do some of the things he did under Bruce Arians and what was that guy's name before? Dirk Cutter in Tampa. So I'm actually very bullish on the Saints. And Jameis is talented as hell. The last time he was a starting quarterback for a full season, he threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Again, just 30 picks. But and like, he couldn't see. And he couldn't see. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. Exactly. So now I'm thinking he can see. So add five more touchdowns to the total. And if Sean Payton can cut his pick total in half, you got a pretty productive fantasy guy. That's more of a team. Uh, that's more of a team projection. I, I'm actually very – I'm not even a Saints fan. I grew up amongst a bunch of obnoxious Saints fans. I root for the Tennessee Titans. So, like, I'm not a Saints fan at all and usually am, uh, probably have a bit of a negative slant towards them just to irritate the people around me. But I'm actually very high on the Saints this year. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm bought into the Jameis thing. I know Marquez Callaway is a rookie that everyone's been uh, – everyone's been really uh, high on in the preseason. I don't know. I mean, this is no sleeper to anyone listening to this podcast. But, like – is there a bit of a 2019 Ole Miss 2019 feel to Elijah Moore? I'm talking about like the Jets are probably going to suck. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to block for Zach Wilson, but like who in the hell else are the Jets throwing to at this point? Like, they, they don't have any receivers. like Robbie Anderson's not there anymore. Like they're not like, who else are they throwing to? So I just wonder if Elijah Moore could have an insane rookie season. I mean, how the way people are talking about him, they've already given him the rookie of the year trophy per se. Yeah, I think what, it's pretty much all warranted. So, like, I, you know, I, I, that's another one I'd be high on. As far as, like, drafting strategy, everyone has their own, and it also always depends on where you're picking in the draft as well. Um, I always like to have, like, the top five stud quarterback. Obviously, I'm not, like, a first pick them in the first round guy. That's just egregious. But, like, I prefer to kind of have the automatic 25, 30 points each week if you can get, like, the Mahomes, the Rodgers, or whatever. Um, that's just a preference. And then uh, I usually go pretty – pretty running back heavy because I think finding like uber productive running backs towards the top is pretty tough to where you can find decent receivers throughout yeah tight ends another one to, uh, that I kind of like to I like to pull the trigger on being the first guy to draft the tight end so I mean you know Travis Kelsey uh, gets points and gets uh, gets touches a, a lot so can't go wrong with that you know and having the best tight end in the league so but there are some sleeper tight ends down there I think that um um, the Hawkinson, Hawkinson, the guy from Detroit, I think he's going to be a, uh, a nice little, uh, tight end option with, with, uh, Jared golf. And, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a tight end kind of guy. I like the, I like Kelsey. Yeah. Shit. If you get a couple of good receivers, a halfway decent running back, and then you spurge kind of early for like a Darren Waller, you're pretty much in business. Cause my God, that guy was productive for the Raiders. Talk about not having a whole lot of other guys to throw to. I know they had rugs as a rookie, but like it, that guy was uh, – talk about volume and then production. He was unbelievable. Yeah, the last two I'll give you – I think Matthew Stafford will probably have a pretty big year. Uh, and then they traded for Sony Michelle, which means I think they're going to use Sony Michelle a lot. Unfortunately, Mississippi native Cam Akers tore his Achilles and, uh, and is out for the year. So I, I don't think they traded Sony Michelle to, to not use him. So those are two other ones I'd probably give you. Um, but, yeah, so good luck in your everyone's fantasy leagues this year. I'm looking forward to it. Fantasy football is the most, like, frustratingly fun thing – of all time 
and uh, I am uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see. Yeah, I, I have to agree, especially when you have a really, really good regular season and then you get towards the end and, uh, you know, the, like the weeks are messed up and uh, you're like semifinal of the of the playoffs and your best players on the bench. Yeah, that's 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 frustrating sometimes. It's such a nice bonus to have around Christmas. I actually had forgotten this. I was looking back just a second ago to like see what my teams were last year. I won my college league and like having I think ours is like a hundred hundred fifty dollar entry fee. Uh, having that nice extra grand around Christmas time, I, I would say, came in quite in handy. That was that was a very nice, uh, very nice bonus. So yeah, uh, and, and, and another another thing, do not like guarantee that money, like because it's not guaranteed until like it's won. Because I've I've lost a couple of games, like literally on uh, uh, it's like the game's over and somebody got a reception with like two minutes to go to like beat me by one point, you know? So uh, that money is always never a guarantee though. Yeah. I had a situation a couple of years ago. I got put in one of the media leagues when I was still on the beat full time. And I actually, I'm not a fantasy football uh, savant by any means. I did win this league. Uh, That was probably one of the two, I guess I've won three leagues total. And I've probably been in like, I don't know, 15 or 20. No, that's not true. Three over the course, like three separate ones a year over the course, like last 10 years or so. But uh, it came down to like a last drive where I needed some running back or something that was involved the Saints. Uh, I think it was Alvin Kamara. I needed him to get like less than seven points in the second half where they were winning and going to run the ball out. And uh, I got it by like 6.8. And I think there was some uh, math correction, like you said, your point. Got very lucky on that one. But uh, yeah, good luck to everyone in their fantasy leagues this year. Uh, Hopefully every single person listening wins theirs. I'm sure that's possible. Uh, Let's see. Keeping it moving. What do we have more? Oh, here's one that got some, uh, that got some, uh, some not pushback, but conversation going on the interwebs. What does Ole Miss need to do as a brand to become more cool with recruits and college sports fans? I'm guessing there's some facetious nature to this question because this is that LFG shirts account. They sell the shirts. Great looking shirt, not hating on it at all, but I imagine there's facetious nature to this question. Maybe not. Maybe the dude's being genuine. I can't really tell here, but, uh, I think Ole Miss has done a good job of that. And we talked about this a number of different times on the podcast. But the, the, the headline, and I wasn't the only one that wrote this, the day Lane Kiffin came in uh, and there were people drinking beer on finals week in the pavilion at 11 a.m. Like it was like I called it a power move. And like I said, I was not original in that line of thinking. That's why Keith Carter made this hire. He thought Lane Kiffin was a good football coach that would win games. But there were a lot of options that year. I'd say a lot. It was kind of a weird coaching cycle. There were quite a few that were good football coaches that could have very well come in and won games here. But part of it was the charisma and and kind of having a big boy with some personality. Uh, that's probably not the greatest way to describe Kiffin publicly. But a guy with some juice to bring some juice back to the program. They're certainly cooler with recruits. They're nationally relevant. When's the last time a Ole Miss coach went on Levitard and Cowherd a couple times in offseason? Like, there, there was an element of that to the hiring. So I think they've already done a pretty good job of that. And, uh, you know, people always scoff at the whole Ole Miss sells itself thing. I mean, you saw it in 2014 and 2015 with Hugh Freeze. I know the way that ended. but And you bring kids up to Vaught Hemingway on an October Saturday night when Ole Miss is playing Auburn or LSU or something like that and in a game that matters, the place really does kind of sell itself. So, you know, if they've got the guy in charge to quote unquote become cool with recruits and college sports fans is the question uh, is quoted. So I, I think the next step is probably just to win a bunch of games. That would probably help. And uh, there's a quarterback that I get asked about pretty much every day from New Orleans. I forget his last name. I think it may be Manning or something that that would probably help things as well. But I think Ole Miss is well on their way. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, you know, whenever, um, whenever, whenever Luke got fired and I just was like, you know, who are we going to hire? And I literally told, I was like, there's one person you can hire that is literally going to inject life back into the program immediately. And that's Lane Kiffin. So uh, I, I'm glad, you know, we, we, we pulled the trigger on it. You know, I know there's some uh, people that got triggered and were like, oh, you know, which that's great. You know, whenever you get people talking about uh, your program and everything like that, you know, it gets people worried. So I'm, I'm all about the, the Lane train and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, Hopefully it works out, you know, but I think uh, it was a great hire and uh, I can't be more excited about it. Just hope he sticks around for a little bit. Yeah, there was like a there. I mean, look, the, the Pat 40s of the world probably were like, oh, here come the NCAA violations, like very original, Pat. Um, but if there was a, actually like a tidal wave of positive momentum 
for Arkansas, like I think even some of like the more curmudgeony media types were ready to see Lane Kiffin get the opportunity at a bigger school and wanted the storyline. I mean, I don't know why I remember this, but Dan Wolken of all people like put out some tweet at the time when like it was still kind of allegedly Ole Miss at Arkansas jockeying for Kiffin. I don't think there was as much truth to some of the way that went down than maybe the kind of rumor mill turned it out to be or presented itself to be. Um, maybe I'll go into a little more detail on that on another day. But uh, hell, you subscribe to Rebel Grove. Neil knows better than I do. So most of you probably already know that. But point being, like Dan Wolken put out some tweet about like, come on, Ole Miss or Arkansas, just go ahead and pull the power move or go ahead and do it or something like that. And like, I mean, Dan Wolken would win the lottery and tweet some shit about how like taxes suck as soon as he won it. So like I, if that guy is on board with it, you probably made a, on to say on board with it. If that guy is saying it's a cool thing to do, you, you probably had a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent uh, public favor with the hiring. So uh, yeah, I think Keith Carter made a cool power move here and uh, Ole Miss is well on its way to quote unquote being cool with recruits and college sports fans again. And the best part about it is he's not constantly preaching to everyone on social media. Yeah, and then turn around and uh, hanging out at Funky's with his uh, double styrofoam. Yeah, I find oddly enough, Funky's, Funky's was not the place that got him in trouble. There was an establishment <laughs> in Tampa that did, that did a little more damage. Um, let's see. Keeping it going down the line. This one's directed for Greg. How much did Michael Monroe carry? How much did he carry Michael Monroe in the TCC Invitational? I'm guessing that was one of your playing partners at Tupelo Country Club. Yeah, that was my uh, playing partner. Uh, I've known Michael. I mean, I grew up with Michael, and uh, Michael's a really good golfer. And uh, we'll just say, um, you know, my approach to the golf course is uh, I usually don't play a lot of golf. I usually just play in four-mans and six-mans just because, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm a lefty, and I can make a couple putts here and there and can make a couple shots. So I haven't been playing uh, as much as I used to back in the day. But um, so Friday um, – I get in the sauce on Friday. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I remembered. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't remember hole from twelve on. And then whenever we got done with the round of golf, we went back to his house and hung out. And then we had the the Calcutta, or no, it wasn't a Calcutta. It was just a dinner. And literally, like I literally sat at the front of the bar and I sat there for like three and a half hours. So um, I uh, had a very comfortable seat and hung out. And I think I end up proposing to the bartender twice and then uh what was the, the success morning, rate on that one 50 100 percent yeah uh, i think she's still deci- uh, deci- still deciding like i told her that i was gonna uh, build her a house and uh move lbs to tupelo and uh promised all these things that a sober person would uh would promise uh, a female but with that being said the next morning we teed off at like 8 30 and uh probably six people out of the driving range and five of the six literally walked over to me and be like, Hey man, you remember me? I'm like, ah, you know, I know I'm supposed to say yes, but no, man, I'm sorry. I don't. So, uh, it was a good time. That, uh, Tupelo country club is a, is a nice track and it was a, it was a fun tournament. And, uh, but no, uh, I think I might've, uh, we might've used my shot maybe five or six times. I finally got used to the, greens on sunday on hole number 13 so i kind of made a couple of putts on the on the backside. so uh yeah no it's uh it's a, it was a good track it was a fun tournament and uh yeah michael definitely uh, uh towed me around uh for the course for probably a solid three days Absolutely. well how it sounds like the most important shots you took were were afterward in the bar i hope that proposal works out for you uh keep us posted yeah, I mean, on that you know, give her I, as I long probably- as she likes that you can't rush these things yeah, I mean, you know, that's it. Especially whenever she's pouring you really, really good drinks, it always helps, you know. So uh, that's yeah. true. Checked all the boxes. You didn't really need to know anything else. Here's yeah. a uh, here's quite the change up. We're going on a music corner right here on this podcast. Do you like the Imagine Dragons? Yeah, I, I mean, didn't you like the tweet? I, I I mean, don't they do the radioactive song? Yeah. So they were. Uh, this, this is an inter- This is actually an interesting question because, like, so you're a little bit older than me, but like, I, and I, that was a big, like they were first coming onto the scene, or at least I think when I was in high school and they made from what I understood to be like pretty decent music. Like I remember, I don't remember being weird for like, like listening or remembering some of their songs. I think that was a fairly mainstream thing people are listening to. And then like anything else, they kind of fell, look, nothing will ever get internet destroyed as much as like Nickelback does. 
but they kind of went into that Nickelback uh, area of social media where it was like very cool to shit on the Imagine Dragons. And look, I, I don't, I wouldn't know the Imagine Dragons if they walked down the street. Like I'm not, I'm not joining Facebook groups and, and following them on the road. Never been to an Imagine Dragon show. Don't even know if they tour, but like, I do like some of their songs, but like you kind of got like people were make, make fun of them. Cause they're, they all do sound similar. Like some of their like music is very repetitive in nature. Um, you know, it's kind of, hard assish in terms of like, it sounds like the way the guy's singing it. He's just trying too hard. But the, one of the lead singer actually went on part of my take a couple years ago and kind of like provided some insight on like why, why the music style is the way that he is. And some of it was like kind of like deeply personal, if I remember correctly. And that didn't necessarily make me like the Imagine Dragons more, but like the whole interview, he seemed like a cool dude and like their music sounds fine. Like I like a couple of the songs. So sure. I like the Imagine Dragons. That was a long winded answer, but um, I feel like they're making a little bit of a comeback. Like that Thunder song a couple years ago, I feel like was the peak. Let's make fun of the Imagine Dragons because it sounded like every other one of their songs. But they're fine. I, their music seems fine to me. Yeah, uh, Thunder. Yeah. I, 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 okay. I, man, I think uh, is Radioactive one of their songs? Yeah, no, you had that right. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm like, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like an idiot on this podcast like we've already done with the D's Nuts jokes. But, uh, man, I just... <laughs> uh yeah the the uh yeah I, I you know music's music but i'm not going to put it on the uh, imagine dragons uh you know pandora channel if i'm hosting a party they're based out of vegas you can't be that uncool if like you choose to have your band based out of vegas i think they're yeah. from there as well yeah i'd have to agree. i mean you know I, i'm for the magic dragons i just you know just don't need it uh every other every song you know and just i'm oh. steadily rocking it I wonder what the crowd is like. Like, what's it? If, if we got anyone out there in the audience that has been to an Imagine Dragons show, could you maybe provide us some insight on on what that's like? What are the people like there? Because that's always curious to me. What the what the scene is at concerts? I uh, I got when I was in college, I got drugged to a. Uh, I think it was like a, I can't remember if it was Jason Aldean or Eric Church concert in Tupelo, and I don't dislike either one of them. I'm not a huge country music guy, but I'm not gonna like dump on that kind of country. Now, if you come at me with some like Luke Bryan stuff, I'm probably gonna laugh at the lyrics, but like it was fine. But it was definitely not my element. I mean, actually, for to, if it tells you anything, I think Hugh Freeze was down in the pit, like down near stage with them for a while. If that kind of gives you a a scene setter. So like that wasn't yeah. necessarily my scene. I'm not like a boots and cowboy hat guy. More power to if you are. I'm not like shitting on the on it. Just not my scene. Whereas last weekend, I actually played golf with a buddy at Hackberry Country Club in uh, Las Colinas and Irving. And we didn't have anything to do after. So we went to this like outdoor amphitheater thing and went and, like sat down and had a beer. And there was some cover country band guy was singing about trucks and stuff. It was all good. But there was an actual arena behind it. And look, I'll say this nicely. It, the concert let out, and I was not sure if I was at, like, Spencer's or Hot Topic at a mall in the late 2000s or if I was still at the amphitheater where I just ordered this beer. Like, the, <laughs> the mix of the crowd was interesting, to say the least. And it was some fella named Jelly Roll, I believe was his name, had played a show there. And uh, there, was a, there was a distinct vibe to, to the crowd. I mean, a dude rolled out of the thing with a black shirt that just said cracker lives matter, whatever, whatever you want to read into that. Oh, wow. <laughs> he drew a lot of attention to himself walking out. So yeah, like there was certainly a, a vibe going on well. with, with, with the jelly roll show. I'm not even sure who that is or what kind of music that is, but the scene at the amphitheater changed once that show let out. So I'm always curious about like concert scenes. I mean, obviously you've been to like a dead show or panic or something. There's, definitely a scene oh yeah uh, i'm oh, just curious yeah. what the vibe at an imagine dragon show would be yeah i mean i would think maybe uh some hollister shirts mixed in there with some um uh, with some uh tap out shirts maybe I yeah mean, nailed it on that one i was about to say tap out <laughs> who knows what's going on at imaginary dragons but we can we can probably youtube a couple and maybe get a couple feels for it yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm sure they were firing people at Mr. Jelly Roll's concert, but like, I imagine if you got in the fight amongst some longtime Jelly Roll fans, they probably wouldn't stop until you were dead. And we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, you ever heard of Jelly Roll? Never heard of the guy. I think he's no, I've never. I mean, I don't even think I've eaten a Jelly Roll before. Well, yeah, I'll probably eat a jelly donut. That's probably the same thing. I don't even know what a Jelly Roll is. That same thing as a jelly bean. Maybe, maybe I think maybe the jelly roll might be the uh, the donut that has uh, 
injected uh, like raspberry cream sauce or, or that banana sauce in there. Pudding. Okay. Let's see. Uh, a little more uh, on-topic question here. If Ole Miss and State combined forces in, Miss- in Mississippi and Mississippi had one D1 school. So guys asking – Oh, we get this question. I say we get this question a lot. This is a, a, a local conver- topic of conversation. I feel like when talking about like big picture college football, would they contend for a national title on a yearly basis? I don't know, man. Like you can have all the talent in the world. And if the guy running the show is not competent, um, you know, you're probably not competing for a national title. I know I sound like I'm contradicting myself because I got a couple emails about uh, I think I had a line where I said talent wins out in the end because Ed Orgeron can barely speak English and just won a national title. Ed Orgeron was competent that year in the sense that he, he got out of the way and let everyone else who he hired well that year do his job. Now, you saw what happened when Ed Orgeron did not hire well, where he kept Ensminger, hired Bo Pelini, uh, and last year happened. It was a disaster. So I don't know about compete for a national title every year, but I think uh, the, the Mississippi University, whatever you would want to call it, the one school – I think they would routinely compete with Alabama and Auburn and LSU and the big boys in the SEC West and not be at a disadvantage per se. I mean, look at the in-state talent you get in good years in the state of Mississippi. And unfortunately they have to split up between two schools and Ole Miss is just like the two schools are just not equipped to compete that way on a year in and year out basis. I'm not saying it can't be done. Look what Lane Kiffin's doing, you know, look at 2014, both schools. But yeah, I think if you had one school, you would absolutely be a, uh, you know, kind of, not a blue blood program, but one of those schools that kind of teeters on it. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, I don't know. I can't, it comes and goes. I can't like Oklahoma state, something like that under Gundy. Like you could be that. Yeah, I can see that, you know, kind of like, but I mean, yeah, we would definitely compete just because uh, I mean, of the talent that's in Mississippi, but you would have to uh, like rebuild the stadium and put it in like, separate sections you know and that just doesn't you know doesn't go good for a football stadium so uh yeah i mean i i'd agree with you i mean we would compete year in and year out but uh and you know it would be awesome to have uh the combined deep you know what was it one year state had a really good defense and Ole Miss had a really good offense and state had a terrible offense you know it's just uh you know you could play that game all day long but uh, yeah, as far as uh, keeping the talent in the state, keeping the talent at one school, uh, yeah, I would definitely think they would compete in a year in and year out for sure. Well, like think about it this way. Mississippi State had the number one defense in college football in 2018, Joe Moorhead's first year, and like stumbled to – I think they finished eight and five because they lost the bowl game. But, I mean, Ole Miss fans remember that Egg Bowl. Ole, Ole Miss couldn't do anything. And I know that was peak of the Phil Longo catastrophe, but like – what would Jordan Talamu, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, DeMarcus Lodge, and Scotty Phillips, coupled with that offensive line, do if they had Mississippi State's defense and a competent coordinator? I'll, I'll put that qualifier in there. I mean, that would probably be, you know, in, in the hunt for a national championship. I mean, it would definitely – they would definitely beat Alabama and they would, you know, probably lose maybe one game in the SEC or, some, or somehow some way, you know, lose one game in the SEC and just get – canceled out because they're a team from Mississippi that, you know, doesn't. Yeah, I think I read a tweet that said uh, Ole Miss is uh, in the top ten for not tra- uh, not traveling well. I mean, I think that's madness. I, okay, so I'm in a very odd way glad you brought that up. Do not fall victim to those things. It's, there's become this trend on – I think those are just clicks. Those are clicks, right? Oh, that's just, exactly – there's become this trend on social media where – and I don't – people get up in arms about it. I'm not, not directing this at you here. I know you don't give a shit about anything on social media. Like, you just saw it like I did. But people get, like, up in arms, and it's just basically playing on the irration, irrational emotion of college sports fans. But it's just some random asshole makes a list – like probably the guy making it when he's sitting in his basement, putting together the graphic knows it's not accurate. The point of him constructing that list is to have a bunch of people yell at him on the internet. So he gains followers, gains interaction. It's the, it's the, the nuts and bolts kind of crappy nature of this hot take culture that we have that like that internet guy, he probably had like that guy in his basement making that graphic probably has wet dreams about skip Bayless. Like that's it, but it's just some random Twitter account making a list. And all of a sudden, I mean, it puts out, he puts it out, you know, 2,000 retweets and a bunch of comments, like, <laughs> arguing about it. It's like, I, it, does this take any skill? Like, what, what are we doing here? So Surely, I hope that guy makes some money off of it. You know, that's just, I'm hoping, the, that's the, I'm hoping the whole deal. But, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, it's just, uh, that's the world we live in is uh, everybody wants to get clicks. So, 
um, I, I guess that's how that works now. I, yeah, I just don't. I, I guess it's much like the people that respond to recruits with like emojis of their school colors and saying we need you, man, to some 17 year old they've never met. But like, I just never get that subsection of the Internet. You're, you're going to respond to, you know, Boomer Sooner 469 or 42069 who created a list of have, like yeah, five followers. <laughs> Oxford has the 11th best cuisine in the SEC. That, that, what the hell? Like, what, what, why are you wasting your time? Anyway, I, I'm not going to psychoanalyze the Internet this morning. I do that enough on my own time. I, I just I don't get that subsection of the Internet. So, uh, which I don't get, weird. yeah, I don't get most of the Internet. Let's see. Last one we had on this week's questions. Then we'll roll back to last week's for a little bit because I got to make it up to the people. Uh, here we go. If you were only to able to grill one meat one specific way for the rest of your life, what would it be and how? So this is obviously directed at you. What's your go-to uh, grilling? Like if you had to, one thing that you grill and you can only do it one way the rest of your life, what is it? Golly, I mean, uh, there's just so many good meats out there. It's just hard to uh, hard to narrow it down to one. Um, you know, I like. I, I kind of like that tri-tip that, you know, that um, you sous vide and you kind of char it on each side uh, just because it's a big piece of meat and it'll last, you know, it'll feed, you know, two or three people. But if it's just an individual thing, I would probably do um, probably do a, just a big fat bone in 26 ounce ribeye um, and medium rare every single time. Uh, yeah, you can't really go wrong. I'd probably go. Filet. That tri-tip sous vide that you had my girlfriend's dad do and I ate, I can't take any credit for putting any work into that, was quite good. Uh, I'd probably go filet if it's made properly. If you're counting on me to cook it, I'm just hopeless, so I'm just answering the question based off of what tastes best to me. Um, let's see. I right, got a couple going back to last week. Although we do, we have had a trend of folks coming into the store, Greg. I don't know if you noticed this last weekend. People are coming in the store and then taking photos of the hall. So love yeah. to see that. I'd love, love to see more of that. So if you go by LB's this weekend, uh, shoot us a photo of what you, what, what you cobbled together. That's always, uh, yeah, I mean, that always, good. That... always makes me hungry. I was on the golf course looking at him last week and was like, damn, I wish I were off this golf course. Yeah. I think that one picture had a little, um, some stuff, some ribeye cream cheese stuff, mushrooms in there. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, yeah, those, yeah, that, that's my buddy, uh, Costner getting married this weekend. Uh, but yeah, oh, nice. yeah. So congrats to, uh, congrats to Costner there. Looking forward to that. Um, let's see, keep, uh, but yeah, send us your picks, uh, picks of the LBs. Always love to see that. Um, here we go. If you had to go somewhere to school other than the university of Mississippi, where would you go? Um, I am always, I loved Athens, Georgia. That was one of my favorite places to take a road trip. I think that's one of the coolest just towns in America. Um, although with that said, with the way their bar scene is set up where like everything's three bucks, there's no covers and everything is that cheap. I might fell out of that place. Uh, I liked Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's a long way away, but I really enjoyed that town. And uh, what do they call it? Is it the strip? No, it's not the strip there. Dixon Street, excuse me. Um, really enjoy Fayetteville. So I'd probably go Arkansas or Georgia. I enjoyed both of those schools. Yeah, I, um, I didn't go to college, but if, if I probably did, I would probably – I was told that I need adult supervision if I went to, um, to Georgia. So uh, I think I'm definitely going to go to Georgia then. What is the early prediction predict, prediction for the rotation in baseball next year? Oh, buddy. Um, I guess I'll go some version of Diamond if he's healthy, but who the hell knows with the whole elbow thing? Gaddis and then either Drew McDaniel or the Jack Washburn kid. I, I don't know. It all depends on – to me, it all depends on, on how one, how good the, those transfers are to the health of Derek Diamond, which seems very up in the air at this point. So, I'm – I'm just going to go with that for now. I'll go Diamond, Gaddis, Washburn, I guess. I'll throw the two new guys in there. Um, sure. But talk to me in October. Yeah, I would say that. I don't even think uh, we, would, we would know that answer a week before the season started. So, um, there's just, yeah, uh, we're going to have to, um, re, you know, a remap pitching staff. And, you know, it is what it is on, the set, on that situation. Let's see. We had a couple more that I think I left. Oh, here we go. Uh, the guy, got the, the date guy checking back in here. I had a wild one last week. As you can probably, as you probably know, Jackson Vine follows a growing pattern of sleep, creep, and leap. First year it sleeps, second year it creeps, and third year it leaps. Who is the Jackson Vine of Rebel football? Take into consideration Oxford's growing of zone, growing zone of 7B. And it's sud, humid subtropical summer temps. There's a lot going on there. How much did you wow. catch? Wow, 
I, I think, I mean, uh, my ADD just really uh, acted up. So I might have to listen to that like five times before I can figure that out. I'm going to lop off so that we're just, last we're looking about... for the one. So one, so we're looking for the one guy that you know kind of creeped up last year, and then this guy's, and then he's going to break out this year. Or I, I you... think so. And I'll go. I answer the question simply. I'll go uh, Cedric Johnson, uh, the the pass rusher, kind of hybrid edge guy. Um, I'll just for the sake of confusion, I'll top off that last sentence about Oxford's growing zone of seven B. Not really sure what that is. I am not a. It seems like we have a grass weed guy checking in. I'm not uh, privy to. Uh, to, uh, Sounds the, like a state fan. Sounds like a state fan. We went, probably went over that uh, the <laughs> turf management. Yeah, the I, turf I, management. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not a privy at all. A lot of that, I actually didn't even know what Jackson Vine was, and I lived there my whole life. Apparently, it is a thing. He's he's not. I thought school. it was a band. No, that would be a very cool band name. So someone out there write that down. I also don't. I can't call to the bullpen for any grass like or or weeds or whatever experts. I knew a couple in school, but they were their solution. To everything was to smoke it. Um, so yeah. I, 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 I don't know, uh, but I'll go Cedric Johnson as the uh, leap, sleep, creep and leap. Although I would say he skipped, he skipped the sleep stage because he got on the field as a freshman, kind of crept towards the end of last year. I'll say he takes a leap this year. Uh, uh, very worded, very good worded question, though, I guess in some ways. I can spin a phrase. I just I'm, I'm not yeah. privy to the different uh, different. He, def- he definitely went to college for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm just not privy to the different invasive grasses across the uh, central Mississippi. <laughs> Um, and that, that's a, uh, I would say, I would say maybe, I mean, Drummond maybe because like he, he had a pretty a decent one, but like him as that third wide receiver or uh, Tylen Knight, I think would be a, a good answer also. I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot, uh, a, a lot of breakouts just because, I mean, the coaching that has probably gone down in practices is probably leaps and bounds, uh, better than what it's been getting in the last couple of years. So. I think you're going to see a lot of breakout players. Yeah, I'll, uh, if you want me to go to offensive one, I'll, I mean, this is an obvious one, but I'll go Henry Parrish. Uh, he skipped the sleep stage, I would say, much like Johnson did. Uh, he kind of crept on into last year. I think he takes a huge leap this year and has a big season. So, um, yeah, that would uh, that that was something. Uh, here we go. My buddy Michael Portner checking in. Do you prefer Hard Knocks or the Little League World Series? Um, Look, I don't want to crap on the kids, but I the Little League World Series does not do anything for me. Um, they don't lead off. They're like 12 years old, and they still don't lead off. I don't understand that one. I know it's Little League rules. not their fault. I, look, I, I think it's a cool novelty. I think it's a cool tradition, but uh, I mean, th- he knows the answer to this question. We watched Hard Knocks every single episode it came on right when it came out. So I, the Little League World Series doesn't do it for me. Hard Knocks all the way. Yeah, uh, I'd have to probably – well, I mean, you know, the only thing about the Little League World Series is it brings me back to, like, when I was playing – and like all as soon as I mean it could be a foul ball, it could be anything, and all the moms are like yelling and screaming. Like, you know, like that just I don't know. Like it just uh I, I don't like hear, hearing moms scream whenever uh, a base hit's being hit. So uh I, I like the hard knocks. I, I like that the uh, the dr- the drone, like the start of the drone that drone what did the, the cowboys, like the drone video that started out the hard knocks, that was pretty cool. I've heard that. I haven't seen it. I have that actually saved to watch tonight after I get done with my high school. Whoever was doing, whoever's driving that drone, uh, definitely knows what he's doing for sure. That's a that's a real skill. That's a very twenty first century skill to be able to drive a uh, robot in the air. So, yeah, I'm, we're going hard knocks all the way on that one. Here we go. Does would Ole Miss with the football Ole Miss football team making the playoff be a bigger accomplishment than Mississippi State's national title in baseball? Um, God, that's tough. Yeah, I know. And like, if there's, I know there's some state people that listen to this that are just probably going to, like, my answer, they'll probably say Homer. Well, more people view the football. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I football that. would be a bigger accomplishment. But then at the same time, if you make the playoff and don't come home with the trophy, eh, I still think it's a bigger accomplishment given the disadvantages that Ole Miss, I don't know. They have disadvantages in baseball. I'm going to go football making the playoffs a more important accomplishment. Uh, however, you want to phrase bigger, but I mean, Winning a national title in baseball is something that a whole lot of Ole Miss fans want. So I'm not like – I don't say that to diminish it at all. It's just football is a whole other level in terms of national interest and reach. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, like it's just football – I mean, it, 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 there's no knock on baseball, but baseball is getting bigger. Uh, college baseball is getting bigger because a lot of these kids are staying and going to college and that sort of thing. So uh, I'm not, you know, knocking that the national championship in baseball is not nothing, but – I just think on a scale, the football is a little bit 
uh, a little bit larger scale and a little bit, probably more money in the pocket for sure. Let's see a couple more before we get out of here. There was um, one, uh, the one question that was a good, uh, what Ole Miss program, um, Oh, I skip, I skip one every week. And, and uh, should, you know, should get more recognition. recognition. Um, there's a lot of good programs at Ole Miss. Yeah, I know soccer had a hell of a run last year, so that's a good answer. Um, women's golf, I, like, think, I, I don't know if yeah. that counts as not paying attention. They won a national title, but, like, I doubt any of you guys are uh, on the USGA score app on a weekly basis or whatever that score app everyone uses to check their scores. So maybe them, but I'd go them or soccer. Yeah, soccer. I mean, Coach Mott's done a real, real good job, and uh, they won last night against Middle Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I think the volleyball is going to be sneaky good, and so is the softball. I mean, I know those are women's sports, and you know, not a lot of people go to them, but I mean, that softball facility is really good. And uh, I mean, she had a pretty solid year, uh, first year, and uh, you know, the Kayla Barnard is, uh, I mean, Olympic champion. So, I mean, I think she can probably get the the uh the volleyball and you know coach yo's got a lot of really good uh a lot of good recruits coming to the women's basketball so you know there's a lot of good ones and uh i would think the uh one of the best ones that's probably going i got to give coach malloy some a shout out he's uh he's been hitting the recruiting uh, path pretty hard so i think that men's golf team might make a little run here in the next year or so Let's see. Last two before we get out of here. I'm glad you brought that one up because I skipped it. Would you rather s- sit on a cactus or stick your hand inside a shaken beehive? Um, I feel like the the the, the I think the the cactus the needle, would probably yeah. Li- yeah would leave a little bit more mark than the yeah like you sit a lot. I don't need my ass hurting for that long, so I'm gonna go beehive. Yeah, I mean, you know, God, what a great question. But yeah, stick your hand in a beehive and see how how good that feels. Last one. This is a good one to end on because I actually don't even have a great answer. But you are, like I said, a little older to me, so you probably grew up in the like heyday of somewhat heyday of MTV. This guy asked, "Go to MTV show." Um, man, I mean, you know, like whenever I mean, the real world was actually pretty decent when it first came out. Now it's just out of control. I'm trying to think what that game show was where you sat on the couch this was like back in the like 80s early 90s um and like you would sit on a couch and uh answer like music uh music questions and uh whenever whenever they eliminate you like they pull the, the chair back in and, uh man that was a good one I'm trying to think mtv i just liked the old school like music videos that they used to would play you know like I'm like i kind of like i'm kind of miss old mtv Jersey Shore, I don't know why. The summer I, before I left for college, I plowed through the entire thing at Jersey Shore. That was probably my, like, worst, like, guilty pleasure crappy TV show. Uh, that's a little later MTV. Uh, when I was a kid, the Pimp My Ride was a big one. Where they, oh, yeah. And then um... Exhibit, would they'd come in there and they would, like, these ridic- they would put all this ridiculous stuff that you do not need in a car at all. And just, like, for whatever reason, uh, not 11-year-old me thought that was really badass. And then uh, the, I think it was called, literally called Yo Mama, where they would just go to different neighborhoods and major metropolitan areas, and you would like, like battle out with Yo Mama jokes. I have no idea why I thought that was like cool at all, but the way they presented the show, uh, just go watch it. I, I actually don't do that. Uh, you're probably gonna be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Cribs, well, trust me, at the time it played. One. Just trust me. Cribs was a good one. Cribs was a good one. That's another good one. Um, but I never, other than like those kind of shows, I never got into like any of them. MTV like reality series. I I say that after I just admitted to watching all of Jersey Shore. That was more of a, uh, that was more of a what what what's what's going on with these people? Social study experiment uh, than yeah. anything else. So like I yeah that's uh I was a little late late to the MTV train. I think MTV had already reached its heyday by the time I was uh old enough to be consuming a lot of its programs. So that's uh that's probably a good one to end on because I know you got to get out of here. So do I. I uh, we'll be back. So we got football next week. We'll be back with some game week content. Weldon and I will record on Sunday, do a lot of Ole Miss football camp wrap up, kind of give you a preview of what to come uh, for game week. Probably have a Louisville guy on next week as we're turning along. We have uh, we have all kinds of content coming your way next week as football season is upon us. Uh, Greg, I appreciate the time as always. We'll have to work out what we're going to do with the uh, fresh cuts, lose some money gambling segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh... 
Yeah, and also uh, uh, I had to give the spiel out. Uh, so uh, LBs might be moving, uh, not moving. We'll keep the uh, location in Oxford, but we're, we're looking at a couple other locations. So there might be an LBs coming near you. So uh, be on the lookout. Oh, hell yeah. No, go, st st uh, stage is yours. Plug away. You mentioned that uh, off uh, off air a second ago. I didn't know you were ready to put that out there. Plug away. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, might as well just spill the beans. But yeah, we're looking, uh, uh, we're actually looking at a location in Gluckstadt, which is uh, going to be right off the Gluckstadt exit. So if you live in the Lake Carolina area and the Madison area, uh, you could probably take advantage of uh, the new LBs. And we're also looking at Nashville and Tupelo. So uh, yeah, we're just, you know, uh, we've been open 12 years and you know it's uh it's either you know you got to expand your product out because you know there's a lot of people that live in jackson that you know love lbs and there's a lot of people that live in nashville you know that come down to oxford that their first stop is lb so you know it's uh it's just time to uh, venture out the product and uh you know so i can only be certain places at certain times but uh, I think the Gluckstadt location might be something that uh, might be uh, very interested in. So be on the lookout for that. The podcast has been clamoring for it for a while. We got mailbag questions about delivery services, satellite locations. This is uh, really just giving the people what they want. This is awesome. So I can't think of a better way to end uh, to start your Friday than uh, with that news. So that's perfect. Close to the podcast. We'll be back at it in some form next week. We'll figure out the fresh cuts uh, uh, gambling aspect of this uh, in our extensive production meetings that we have before these things. And uh, I appreciate the time as always, dude. Well, like I said, Walden and I will be back on talking a bunch of football Sunday as uh, game week approaches. So uh, everyone have a safe and happy weekend. And uh, Greg, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Y'all have a good weekend.